Welcome to the Digging Six Feet Under podcast, where every week we review each episode of HBO's original television series, Six Feet Under, with your host and licensed funeral director, Victor Rubio. Digging Six Feet Under podcast. I'm your host and licensed funeral director, Victor Rubio. And today we are here to discuss episode 10 of season 5, titled All Alone. Today I'm with super mega special guest, championship winger, game of the world, Marissa McHale. Marissa. Hello. Why are you Why are you laughing during my entire introduction? I wasn't laughing at you. You were hysterical. I thought that my introduction could have went a little bit, I mean, there's a few more titles you could have given me, but that's like? okay. I mean, it's past now. It's done. I labeled you championship game winner of the world. And yeah, that's... So what more did you want? <laughs> uh, we can move on to the episode. This is obviously uh, three episodes left. And obviously after we finish this one, we have two episodes left. The end game. Wow. Well, first of all, let me correct you. We've been in the end game. So it's- now are we in the end zone? No, we are at phase two. Nice. Last week was phase one. Uh, and the end game was kicked off when, after Nate and Maggie exited the bone zone. Got it. So now we're in phase two. Next week will be phase three. And then the last week, now follow me here if you can. Let's see. It will be phase four. What? Nice. Exactly. Nice. I have some notes from some people that I'll, I'll sprinkle in throughout the show. Your, do you have any primer thoughts before I we do. get into Oh, wow. Wow, uh, yeah. Phase two is crazy. <laughs> so, um, the episode's titled All Alone, mm-hmm. and the first time I watched it, I was really wondering where that was going with it. Um, then the second time I watched it, I kind of felt like All Alone was referring to Brenda. Okay. She's all alone with Maya. Her mother comes in to kind of console her and... Really, her mom's just talking about herself, so she's kind of all alone in that setting. She's sitting alone at the funeral. She drives to the funeral alone. She's pretty much standing in the park alone, um, and she leaves alone. Okay. So I kind of felt that that was um, maybe about Brenda. Um, Then I also just had that I felt like this episode, everyone was really vulnerable and shown that side of them. Yeah. And that um, obviously this whole episode is about Nate's death and Nate's passing and um, kind of how everyone is dealing with it in a little bit of a different way, kind of with the five stages of grief a little bit in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I have like denial with Ruth, right? Um, anger with Brenda, bargaining I kind of have with David for um, the the piece with Nathaniel, mm-hmm. um, depression I have with Claire, and then acceptance kind of everyone at the end. Yeah. So those were my... In terms of the episode title, yeah, and I have to say it was one of the more surprising moments in our relationship, where after we you had watched the episode, I was like, oh man, I love the use of all apologies in this episode. Yeah. You were like, what's that? Yeah. That's a classic Nirvana. And I'm not, I, I'm not even like a big Nirvana fan. It's just Nirvana is so like... It's just like... It's classic music at this point. 
which is funny to think because when it first came out, uh, what's that song? Smells like Teen Spirit. Yeah, was like sort of like a rebel grunge song, and now it's it's just like a, it's a classic. Right. Uh, I was just really surprised you had never. But anyway, the episode. Well, I've heard that song before, but I just I I was like thrown off when you said that. Uh, the episode title. I, I'm with you. Uh, um. I guess the, the the direct reference to the episode title is how the episode closes out, because the lyrics are like, uh, all alone is all we are. It, and it's actually all in all. No, but I know he's saying all alone. Kurt Cobain had like a, if you ever listen to the lyrics of Smells Like Teen Spirit, yeah. you can't understand what the fuck he's saying. Uh, Weird Al Yankovic made yeah. a parody of it. And he's just mumbling. But I looked up the lyrics because I thought that it was saying all alone, but it, was, it says all in all. He's saying all alone. That's where. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Did you ask Kurt? Did you call him up? Uh, do you know what happened to Kurt Cobain? He died. Okay. Drug overdose. Just me. Okay. Definitely not. What happened to him then? <laughs> Shot himself. Oh, that Nate, too. Nate says it. He was on drugs. Nate, up, Nate says it on the episode. Killed right, himself. Relax. He this isn't too, a Kurt Cobain podcast. No, actually, it just got changed. <laughs> Digging Kurt Cobain. Uh, no, I, 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 it's funny, like, All Apologies was always used to be one of those songs. The history of that song is actually really funny because it's, like, their most poppy song, which was kind of like a, a fuck you to, like, he, like, after this, this was one of his last songs that came out. He wrote it, like, a lot earlier, and after this is, like, when he killed himself. But, you know, how, like, production goes, like, he yeah. made this years before it came out, whatever. I, I guess a little backstory to us in this episode I why why are you making that face? <laughs> Keep going. I was gonna do this episode by myself and just heavily use uh, sound cuts from the episode. I have it all. I have ten minutes worth of sound clips that I was gonna like, you know, play on the podcast and then talk about them because I and I I'm assuming I'll be proved wrong by the end of this episode. I thought there wasn't like much to talk about. Mm-hmm. I thought it was all. In a, in a show where there's a bunch to talk about and there's a lot of gray area, I felt like this episode didn't have any. This episode is definitely way different than every other episode. Yeah. I mean, and it even starts with... Oh, we'll get there. Um, so I was like, yeah, I, I think I'm going to do this episode by myself and just have play, vo- play sound clips and just kind of... It's going to be like a shorter episode and all that. But then you... We're like, Uh-oh. oh my god, I love it. Can we? Can we record now? Oh my god, oh my god. I don't know if that's how it went, but okay. <laughs> but you, you are more confident about this episode than now I. Now I'm nervous. Now there's a lot on the table here. Um, <laughs> but I guess that being said, we can get into it. Yes. So, our death capsule this episode. Mm. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> There's no death capsule. It's the first six feet on the episode. I didn't where, even realize that. Where no one dies. I did not even realize that. That's funny. Next week is the last death capsule. Okay. And then the season finale. We'll get no there. spoilers. No spoilers, even though it's 13 years old. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think it's more like the entire show is dedicated to a death. And like Nate might as well passed away this episode, died this episode. Yeah. You know? It's kind of funny. Um, We've had a lot of dream sequences on Six Feet Under, and I have to imagine that this one hurt the most. Yeah. The way Ruth wakes up, and I wonder how this would have been taken back in 2005. Oh my God, Nate didn't die. Yeah. Because, you know, they, they, they've toyed around with this quite a bit, the idea of like, oh, Nate's dead, but not really. One time they even showed his, for lack of a better term, death card, and then they just removed the year. Huh. 
Yeah, the beginning of season three, he like dies, and they show all the different ways of everything, and then they put like nineteen, what I don't know, sixty four or sixty six, whatever year it is, and then they take away. Yeah, like show that he was like still living. Um, I feel like Ruth just clenching the pillow and like those like tears rolling down her face. It was just so like, oh, that just, has to be one of the worst dreams to have. Yeah, like oh my god, it's okay. Like it, actually and you can even see when she wakes up, she kind of has like this smirk on her face almost, She's and like then happy, and yeah. then instantly realizes like oh my gosh, I'm in bed. That was a dream, yeah. and you could just see like her face just completely change. You know, it was just so sad. This episode deals like you said. And I think it shows all the different types of grief. Yeah. You know, where David's doing what he, Claire, Ruth, yeah. and everything. Uh, I only say, I, I bring that up to say, uh, uh, obviously, it's been a, it hasn't been a thing on the podcast, but my mother died when I was young. And the reason why I related to this dream, I never had these type of dreams where I thought my mother was alive. But I had like, I think I've told you this, I had this really weird dream five years after her death. It's like when I started driving. And I dreamt that we were in this do you know what a Perkins is? A restaurant? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're, they're big up there. I didn't know they were here. They have them in Orlando. Oh, there you go. Um, and I dreamt we were, we went out to eat and we were sitting in my car talking and I was like updating her just on like my life. Uh, but she was in, we, my car was a tractor trailer <laughs> and she was like, all right, bye. And she like got out and she like had to like climb down. Oh my I have God, no your little mom. <laughs> I have no inclination to any farm life. Like I've never had a tractor trailer ever That's in my really life funny. i've never lived anywhere where tractor trailer anything like that um and i didn't wake up like oh my god i was kind of like oh like you yeah. know just telling her you know um but like just how awful that probably is for, yeah for ruth like we said um we see claire in her room and she is licking eating pot yeah i feel like too like we spoke a lot last episode about like the evolving claire yeah um and you i i feel like you still continue to see it this episode from start to finish but um it's just like oh my gosh we haven't seen claire look to smoking pot in a while now and like even like you could tell like she like doesn't even know where the bag is anymore like she's like kind of like so far past that but i guess like at the same time she doesn't know how else to cope that was probably a huge coping mechanism for her and she doesn't even know what to do and it's like she probably doesn't even speak to the people that she used to get that from so she probably can't even get anymore you know um i found it interesting like the way nate dealt with death was smoking pot mm, remember in his room yeah cobain died yeah like that's the first claire's go-to yeah you know yeah um Brenda wakes up in Maya's bed and Maya is asking where Nate is. Now, when do you think this was in regards to Nate's passing? Like, do you think this is like the next day, two days? I mean, it has to be within the week. No, I think it's hours. Oh, okay, okay. Because everyone's waking up. Um, and I think I think this happened, if I, if I could give a loose time frame, Claire leaves. Yeah. And they have that dream. Yeah. So let's just say that's like 11 p.m. And let's say David and Nate both fell asleep. Let's make this like 3 a.m. Okay. Give or take. Then he passes. Yeah. Let's just say, yeah. And I'm, I'm assuming like he passed at like 6 a.m. Okay. But it's still night out when David wakes up. So uh, 3 a.m. And I think this is all like 9 a.m. Yeah. yeah everyone, yeah, yeah. David called everyone and, yeah. and all of that. Okay. Because, um, and the reason why it's definitely not a week is because he hadn't picked up his body yet. Oh, okay. There's That's no true. reason, yeah. like, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have this as hours okay. following the episode because yeah. Ted doesn't even know yet either when we get there. Okay, that's you know? true, yeah. Um, David's making a list of, of everything he has to do and 
this is David's way of, of grieving, right? Yeah. Uh, I have a lot more on David when we get to later in the episode. Um, but could you imagine how heavy this is for him? Because, you know, you run a family business. And, you know, I, I'm tr- I don't know what else I could relate it to where if your family does this and this happens in your family. Like, let's just say a, a, a family of wedding planners mm-hmm. and then someone in the family gets married. Like, it's going to be fucking crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I guess I have more of that on later. Uh, um, David goes to the morgue to pick up Nate. Uh, um, let me, let me, <laughs> it's so funny. Like I get, I get zero funeral director talk on the show, but I guess now is like a good time. Yeah. Um, and Colton had written in like, you know, why, why are the eyes white or anything? Let me ask, did you have any questions on, on Nate, like donating his organs or anything? Um, I didn't have any questions on it. So, um, actually wait, <laughs> I guess I do. <laughs> um, so I know, like, I am an organ donor. Mm-hmm. It's on my driver's license. Mm-hmm. Um, so when David was, like, kind of surprised, like, that his organs were harvested, as he said, um, and she said, oh, his wife approved it. Um, so is that something that if you are not, like, already designated an organ donor, is that something asked at the time of death? Yeah, no, it's definitely asked. Um, in this scenario, David would have known like, he would have not shown up, mm-hmm. right? Uh, if you are an organ donor and they deem you up to standard to release, to, to donate your organs, they will, they'll come, like, you know, someone in your family dies and you don't want them to donate their organs and they were, pre- you have no power. Wow. Yeah. Uh, on the funeral director side, it makes for a really mess. But it's like, it's a good thing. Like, I'm not here complaining as a funeral director, but... You have to imagine they are opening you up. They're taking everything. Yeah. Um, the reason why, like, why it jumped out to me is because when they they open the 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 bag, the pouch that Nate's in, it's so clean, and there is, I've never seen a clean quote unquote donation. Mm-hmm. It's all very messy, just because your body is com- is, is compacted the way it is. You start opening that up, fluids and stuff are yeah. going to come out. Yeah. Uh, the eyes white. I'm sorry. The eyes white is just because after they donate your eyes, they they kind of like pack it back in to give it like that effect, you know? Yeah. Um, and also, I would say as healthy as Nate was, despite this AVM and whatnot, they would have taken a lot of skin, like skin grafts. That's interesting. Yeah, and it kind of just looks like someone shaved skin off. It yeah. looks like sunburn that's like oozing. Ooh. Um, with so much more would have been taken from Nate. How many people would you say, just like rough percentage, actually donate their organs? Wow. Uh, that, that obviously that you've dealt with. Yeah. I'd say it's like lower than 10%. Oh my God. Really? Yeah. Lower than 10%. Because um, I mean, that means like one out of every 10 cases I get donated there. Yeah. Uh, let me add this. Probably eight out of 10 have been asked to donate or like being contacted yeah. and or the family declined or they deemed that they weren't suitable for right, donation, right. you know? Um, but you figure someone as like, if this makes sense, Nate from the neck down is completely healthy. Right. Let's, let's minus his heart. But I mean, his light, like, you know, they would have been taking a whole bunch of stuff. Little uh, trivia fact nugget. When they take out your bones... They replace it with PVC pipe. Crazy. And I didn't know that they could take all of that. They take... There are some times it looks like a really bad horror movie. 
when they take so when they take skin grafts, yeah. it's kind of like they shave skin and like you could hold it up like a really thin piece of cheese and like you could barely see through it. That's crazy. But sometimes they take like the whole epidermis and everything. Can you still embalm and make that person look okay for like we, a viewing? So when I was saying like it, it, it's a it's like a really challenge for a funeral director is because now you have to try and embalm that and on top of that you have all these. Nate is like the cleanest, most Hollywood organ yeah. donation ever. It's very, very messy. And uh, if I could get a little gross here, you know, you hold out your arms, your your bones, your all your structure is holding it together. Mm-hmm. When they take everything oh. out, it's like your hands, they like twist your ankle. Like, you know, if they take like your wrist bone or your ankles, wow. like they kind of just twist around. Yeah. It's really... I am not trying to sit here being like, don't donate. Like, yeah. I, I think definitely donate. And, you know, you figure like Nate didn't want a viewing. What does it matter what right, he donated? Right, right, like, right. why not? Why wouldn't, right? Um, I'm sorry. What was your question? Is embalming? Yeah, no, you could still do it. It's just super, it's yeah. like super risky yeah. too. Right. Like, and the, the person doesn't look like themselves and everything. Um, but no, it happens. You just figure like all those vessels and everything, like your body is one big highway. Yeah. You know? And then when you just, you know, you pull out... <laughs> Every you know the, the middle of the highway, everything's just like big right. and, and you know. No, it makes sense. David's freak out in the car with Jake. This is my nitpick of the episode, and I just don't get why. I get I why. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know why for sure, but like it could be his lack of sleep. It's definitely like some sort of hallucination. We can say it. Uh, yes, I, I was gonna say it, it's it's a it's not a coping mechanism. It's it's an effect. Well, that like he now he's like suffering another trauma and that was kind of like a past trauma that he sure. dealt with. Um, but right before that, the, um, in the scene in the kitchen with Keith, Keith says like, did you sleep at all last night? So it's like, could he just be running on such little sleep and so stressed out that he's just kind of starting to hallucinate things? Like, I don't, I don't know. It could be both that, yeah. you know, like the trauma and the no sleep and, you know, just having so much it's just a weird plot device they use because it, it keeps coming up. And I say weird in terms of like, we didn't need this. The only thing I can kind of sort of piece together with this is that David is like, in my opinion, the glue that kind of holds the family together. Sure. Without David in this episode, so much would have gone horribly wrong, of in course, my opinion. Especially like being like true to Nate and being true to what Nate wanted. So I feel like the whole Jake scenario in my head just kind of brought David down a little bit to be like, you are human, you are hurting, you are vulnerable, mm-hmm. I guess, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't, I don't know if I necessarily agree with the plot point, like you said, but that was like what I got from it is that like, it just sh- kind of, um, that's the only time that he's really like weak in this episode is, is yeah. during that, you know, that's it's true. every, every other scene, he has it together for the entire family, right. you know? Uh, David comes in in the morning after picking up Nate, and we start to uh, Ruth starts to really grill David on everything. Yeah, all her grilling is just basically from her not being there, yeah. right? Just like I think so, guilt. Yeah, like you know? really, and it's like awful to push that onto David, but yeah, and like I I think that with any big scenario, like you're gonna replay it in your head a million times, and then if you weren't even there, yeah. I, you know, you're going to replay it a million times and you don't even have the facts to replay it. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's like where she's going with this right now, you know? Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll get there when um, they're in the prep room. Brenda and David sit down and they're finalizing Nate's arrangements. So what is a pre-need? A pre-need is if I go right now and I pick out my services, let's say like Nate had, 
cremation with rabbi service and everything and i you know whether i pay it all up front or i pay you know make monthly payments so when i die all my funeral arrangements are preset mm-hmm. like you don't have to go through the whole thing of what did he want what did he Pick, want yeah. picking out stuff and everything you like i already picked it out for you um the 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 weird the non assuring part of it like so by law like david says they have to go by the pre-need yeah nate's cremation and rabbi you don't have to force rabbi to be there that's that's more like a wish than it is but you know nate's wishes and everything um so that's like a legal document essentially like the pre-need it's not legal it's a contract with the funeral home okay there's nothing legal about it okay cremation only brenda can sign for Okay. She's the legal next of kin. Okay. There's cremation laws are like huge because cremation is final. There's no. I, it sounds like stupid to say, but crema, there's no turning back. Yeah, that makes. You sense. can bury someone and then cremate later, mm-hmm. ten years, fifteen years later, but cremation is final. So Brenda has final say. That's why Nate. I'm sorry. That's why David's sitting down with Brenda and not Ruth. And they, yeah. Because while it is a family decision, Brenda has final say at the end. Yeah. Um. I thought it was a little strange just with Nate. Um doing what he does being a funeral director brenda not having like any clue what he wants you know like you as a funeral director like we openly talk about it Mm -hmm. you know that it's it's strange that she doesn't have any clue like like how was that how did that never come up you know i i I can almost imagine it not coming up maybe if the person isn't in the funeral industry but you know what i mean like i would even add to, to your point maya yeah and Lisa had already died. Yeah. Like, how do you not have... How does that not come And to up? be fair, he did have something in place. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not updated. Yeah. Um, But this isn't... There's no, like, legalities around this. And Brenda could have been, no, I want a viewing. And they would have had to go ahead with it with their best intentions, whatever. But this is definitely was more of, like, a family situation than, like, a family versus each other. It's not yeah. like Ruth and Brenda were fighting. No. Um, I think it's funny that... You could see how phasey Nate was, because this is this is something from season two, where Nate had met. It's kind of like almost exactly what happened with Maggie. Nate had met a rabbi. A rabbi came <sighs> to do one of the services, and Nate was like, "Oh my god, you know the Jewish faith is this is what everyone should be." And he was all, and there was def, there was like a really. If if there was more time or if they were in a more private area, Nate and this rabbi would have had sex. That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 but in the episode there was like touch there was f- emotions. Yeah. From Nate, not from the rabbi, but like it was definitely heading there. And that was the rabbi that was supposed to marry them before uh-huh. Brenda went and got gangbanged. <laughs> it's it, it's really funny like that's you know, you fit you fast forward 2 or 3 years and Nate's a Quaker. And yeah, yeah. Uh, had me thinking, like, imagine that they never had this green burial conversation. Because is this, I don't know if this is from last episode or two episodes. Well, obviously not last episode. Well, even David says on this episode, like, he just mentioned this. He gave, like, a time period. Like, he just mentioned this last week or last month. He said, like, yeah, yeah. recently that he just mentioned this, you know? And it's just funny to think, like, if they never had that. Yeah. If they never had this business, this conversation about the business. Yeah. Like, Nate probably would have been cremated. Yeah. Or, or put in this family pot where, plot where Ruth wanted, you know? Uh, Rico comes in and then we learn that they had another death, uh, Fisher Funeral Home. And David doesn't want the body there while Nate is there. Before I spout some funeral director stuff, do you have anything on this little interaction between uh, David and Rico? 
Um, no, I, I see like where Rico's coming from, like saying that they have a pre-need, they paid this, you know, 10 years ago, these were arrangements, but I could see David just being like, handle it. I don't care. I just don't want someone there. And being that that is their family business, their family home. I get that. It might seem a little selfish or a little, you know, um, whatever, but I, I, I get David where he's coming from. Here's the part if I'm going to be here as a funeral director and I'm going to like nitpick. So Nate died. Now we're, we're now let's say we're at noon in mm-hmm. the episode and Nate had passed 12 hours ago. Let's, I'm just right. Yeah. So and now they're saying that they're going to have the service tomorrow at 12. So by tomorrow evening, everything's done again. If I'm nitpicking and I'm, and I'm like, really? Right. Like. They could still have the funeral there. You just can't have it tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you know how many people would be like, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. It's not like this was going to be a week long thing or like back in the day. And I, back in the day, like the 1920s, 30s, 40s, where you have like four day visitations. Yeah. This is by, by noon tomorrow, Nate's buried. <laughs> so it's kind of like, you know, it's definitely something where, you know, you show the loyalty, loyalty to the family and whatnot. But this was kind of, you know, it could have been handled a yeah. lot or whatever. Uh, um, Maggie makes a quiche and brings it to Brenda. (laughs) Uh, Let me ask you really quick before we get into this. I had there was some Facebook conversation this week about who's unluckier, Brenda or Maggie. Yeah. Did you read some of that? Um, I read some of it. I feel like if I had to say who's is 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 luck, what the what the that was the the. I I think if if I I cannot remember a hundred percent, but I think. No, I'm sorry. Neil, Neil McGarry of Nitpicking, the Next Generation podcast, uh, had said Maggie has to be the most unlucky person ever. And then Laura was like, actually, I think it's Brenda. Yeah. And then like, I think we we started picking away the semantics of unlucky yeah. and everything. And but yeah, so it, I would have to fall under being Brenda. Um, Brenda's more unlucky than Maggie. Yeah. Go ahead. I just think that Brenda has a lot more at stake and a lot more to deal with than Maggie did. And like set aside feelings or what have you like Maggie had sex with someone and that that person is not there anymore. Whatever she this this family is not so favorable of her. But who is this family to her? It's literally no one anymore. Okay, you know, whereas like Brenda has Nate's child. She has his family to deal with. She has all of these decisions to make. She's now pregnant with another child. Like finance, like, you know, like I I just feel like there's a lot more at stake for Brenda. Let me say this. If you're going to, so you're going to categorize Brenda as more unlucky than Maggie? Yes. I, the reason, the reason why I disagree here is because Brenda chose all of this. She chose to marry Nate knowing this is a shit relationship. They don't work together. They think they do. They're both narcissistic. They don't work together. Right. She chose to be in this situation, whereas Maggie, not only did she, and, and it's funny saying this, she chose to sleep with Nate. She didn't, get, she didn't rape. There was nothing. She wasn't against her will. She made the decision. She could have stopped Nate. Where Brenda is more like, uh, 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 fuck, what's the word? Not a guess. An educated... She made educated decisions. Whereas Maggie, when you sleep with someone, have sex with someone, cheat on someone, you're never expecting death to be the right. outcome. Right. Maggie, you know, you pull a uh, hundred people who have cheated on someone and, you know, 
the outcome probably was never the person you slept with died. Right. But so also then, so Brenda did choose this, but how likely is it that you're pregnant and you're married and your husband cheats on you and dies? Uh, like you know what I mean? Like, like yes, yes. But those are all her decisions. I, I, I don't know if I agree with that. It, it, no, but she she chose to marry Nate. Yeah, it would be like if me and you are fighting for years, and we're like, you know what? You know what? We'll fix all of this. Let's get married. No, I know. That's, that's but, a decision that you make and I make. Well, and, I, but, uh, and sadly, though, how many people actually make that decision? True, but would you call them unlucky? Well, <laughs> yeah, they're know. like they're like just really. I just feel. I guess that Brenda has a lot. More. I think I think I think Brenda is more sad than unlucky. Yeah. And and to further the Maggie is way more unlucky uh point. She was dropped here. Like you want to talk about unlucky and, and educated decisions. Her father's George. Yeah. So from the start she was at a disadvantage. Right. Now clearly she seems to be okay in life, right? And out of everyone here on this in this on this cast of this family and everything, she's Probably the most normal. Right. Despite, right? Um, so her father is George. And she's there because, like, George never told Ruth. You know what I mean? So now she's there to take care of her father who's, you know, batshit crazy. And, again, you know, you go decide to sleep with someone. You're, you're going to cheat on someone. You never... Yeah. You're expecting a million other things before you get to. They die. So... <laughs> You've said this a bunch, so I'm just going to be a copycat. Uh-oh. But you've no, you've said before that like people will explain something to you, and it totally makes sense. Right. But like in your head, you can't get past it. Yeah. You're just like no, that's where that I'm at yeah, right now. Fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, where it's like everything you're saying makes a thousand percent sense, and then I'm thinking like, oh my god, Maggie's child. Like I like forgot, you know. Like there's totally other factors, and that all oh, makes yeah, sense. Yeah. That's yeah. unlucky. That's yeah. unlucky. Yeah, but. I, I can't get it in my fine. head. And it's also, I think, just because I cannot get myself to sympathize with Maggie. Yeah. I just can't bring myself there. Yeah. You know? But I, but I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess in the end, like, right now, if I... if I We, we both understand yeah. it. Despite... Maggie's all about peace. Quakerism, yeah. all of that. Yeah. You have to kind of... It's funny, because I just, I just got finished saying, like, Maggie's the most normal one. Yeah. <sighs> Hours after Nate dies, and because she had sl- she slept with him, she wasn't the cause of his death, yeah. right? But it really, like, I have to really warp my brain to to understand why she thinks to bring a quiche or anything, or to even see Brenda. Why? And I'll further in it, the world. Why would she even go to the funeral? But go ahead. What that that I literally <laughs> I know, have that in my notes. Know, why is Maggie here? I, I cannot believe. That, how do you even have time to make a quiche? It's been hours. That's, like, that's you know true what I too. mean? Let's but, nitpick but, the fuck yeah, out of this episode. Out of this quiche. <laughs> um, no, but I have no clue why she would show up. I would never show up in my life. And I feel like Brenda was really angry. And then she has that line that go ahead. that everyone was talking about on Instagram. I have to find it. Hold on. It's like, oh, so um, go ahead. What is this? Some kind of Quaker thing? You fuck my husband to death and then bring me a quiche. <laughs> so when I when people were talking about that on Instagram, I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a great scene, and the scene did not disappoint. <laughs> um, and I think that Brenda and I wasn't such a Brenda lover throughout this whole thing, but I think like, whoa, I would not want to mess with Brenda at this p- point in time. Like for all the shit we give Brenda, and and I feel like someone smart out there will will disprove me wrong or prove me wrong here. I feel like Brenda's a strong woman, super strong woman. Like regardless, in all of her faults and all of her 
you know, she has, you want to talk about someone who, who has faults and like no one's perfect yeah. and Brenda's definitely not perfect, but Brenda is if, it is, if not anything, strong. A thousand percent strong. And I, I don't think that she handled herself the best in this scenario because she definitely got heated and got heated fast, but I yeah. feel like it was a normal reaction to have. Of course. Um, so I... Like, I don't discredit her for any of that. The only thing that I really was like, oh, Brenda, like, you just ruined the awesomeness was when she was like, can you just admit that you fucked him? Because it's like... No, I I think that adds to it. You liked it? I think it's like, say it, bitch. Say it. (laughs) But okay, so I'm not disagreeing, but do do we have the bitch say it hours after, like... She here, here, here's what like I, I feel like at this point it hasn't even hit Brenda yet what happened and, and he and and to to that to that point right like if we're in a court of law and, and like I feel like Brenda has probably like a, a two day pass that she's allowed to be like this no a thousand percent for sure she's allowed to be crazy but like your husband just passed like do we have to I don't know I, I like I get it but also the woman. Who just slept with your husband is now at your door. But Maggie says, "Yes, we fucked." What does that do for Brenda? No, no, no. I, again, but you, you know, I know. But we're we're saying that as someone sitting here rational. Yeah. Like, imagine. I don't want to put us in these. No, situations. I would kill. And her. I'm not. No, I know. <laughs> but like, if, if imagine that the woman I slept with no. is at your door. No. Like, you're gonna say you're gonna yeah. say and do crazy stuff. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's it's Brenda being rational, and this is not like her. You know, I, I guess in reality, a couple of weeks from now, she opens the door. I have nothing to say to you. Closes yeah. the door. Like, yeah. That's really Brenda. Yeah. This isn't really, I'm not going to, f- I'm not going to let you bring me down. Right. Right. You know, and in the end, and like she says it here and like Brenda confirms something that we've been saying the past few episodes, like Maggie's just a symbol. Yeah. She says it here. Yeah. It yeah. Could, she literally says could have been anyone. Yeah. Um, and like. Like, like Maggie, you're literally no one. Mm-hmm. You're just someone. It was going to happen yesterday, yeah. a couple days from now, or like weeks from now or years from now. You're just a symbol. Yeah. You know? uh, uh, David brings Nate's body into the prep room. And David and Nathaniel have this conversation of sorts. Yeah. So I was curious. Um, it sounds bad because I'm doing this podcast with you just for a few episodes, I guess. But I didn't see the very beginning, like the first two seasons of Six Feet Under. Mm-hmm. So... Does this dynamic with Nathaniel and David, is this like a common, like, is this how their dynamic was? Because the last flashback I can remember was like them on the balcony. Season four. Yeah. And that was like an amazing scene. And then you have this and it just seemed totally out of character for them. Well, something like Jeanette said last week where she was, and you know, Jeanette was six feet under super nerd and everything. And she was kind of like, is Nathaniel stuck in purgatory? And I think what what sometimes we forget as you keep watching this show and everything is that that's not Nathaniel. Yeah. That's David's projection of Nathaniel. So David at the time and at the end of season four was feeling, had these emotions. Therefore, Nathaniel was a lot more, hey, buddy, come on, I'm your dad. When you asked you asked this question before we recorded, and I started laughing in my head because I went back to season one. It's almost the same exact conversation they have when Nathaniel dies in the uh-huh. pilot episode. And Nathaniel's like, no, no, no. You're not going to embalm me, are you? Come on, David. You know you're not good yeah. at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give this one to Rico. Yeah. Come on. You know, get, get out of here. I, I have the sound clip, and I haven't decided if I'm going to like play it in here. Uh-huh. So if you're listening to the podcast, I did play it or I didn't. Um, well, guys, I decided to 
insert the clips here. So I'm going to introduce both clips here. I have one here is going to be from season one, the pilot episode. Oh no, you're doing me. You're the worst one we've got. Thanks, Dad. Where's Federico? It's Christmas morning. He's with his wife and kid. He'll be in later. Oh, goodness, wait. I don't want you ruining my face. It's a little late for that. Not funny. I need to stay busy right now. So, go reorganize some files or develop a new bookkeeping system. That's what you're good at. You never really had any aptitude for this stuff. I know. What did I do with my life? I went to school to learn exactly how to do this stuff. Other kids my age were going to frat parties. I was draining corpses and refashioning severed ears out of wax. Thank God I didn't lose an ear. I can only imagine what you'd do with that. I did it all for you. And then to compare and contrast, I have the sound clip from Season 5, Episode 10, All Alone. This wasn't supposed to happen. I know. Nate. Nate's the one who matters. You know I love you, son, but Nate... Nate's my little man. I'm a man, Dad. Oh, don't get your ass in a knot. You know what I mean. You were the one we thought we could lose. What with AIDS and picking up strange men on the side of the road, screwing a whore with no condom, you know, all that sort of thing. You've been begging for some kind of annihilation your entire life. It's not true. It's like a cosmic joke. (laughs) Your poor mother. She must be going insane. He was her favorite. It was yours. Oh, Claire's always been my little gal. You know how that is. You barely even knew Claire. Pretty little heartbreaker. Just like her mom. Before she cracked. <laughs> you make me sick. The feeling's mutual, Cupcake. But yeah, it, it's it's almost identical. But this is David. Because David's questioning. Like, well, who was your favorite? Right, right. Listen, it wasn't you. It yeah, was Claire. And that's and I and I kind of assumed that, but I didn't know for sure if there was like any other dynamic. But then that's kind of where like I put David in like the bargaining aspect sure. of of like the five stages of grief. Because yeah. it's like, no, it shouldn't have been Nate, it should have been me. Like, yeah. you know. Um, but that's kind of what I assumed that that was just I think it's David ever seeking his father's approval. Yeah. Because you know, part of it too. You know, David was in the closet mm-hmm. to pretty much everyone except his parents. Yeah. Uh, well, Nate wasn't around. Claire, I guess everyone. Claire knew. Claire had an inkling in the pilot episode. She's kind of like, oh, look at that. Cool. Yeah. Um, David struggles a lot with Nathaniel. Like, oh, come on. You're going to, you're going to, you know, he kind of taunts him for being gay. And while, while he doesn't do that here, he definitely, but this is David's projection of him. Yeah. And David's, you know, <laughs> You know, David has to, like we were saying, David has to run around and do everything. And it's kind of like something I always say as, I don't always say it, but uh, a funeral director, you get not like one-tenth of the credit you deserve. Yeah. Not that you want it, but for like everything you do behind the scenes and everything, you know, all you see is the end product. You Mm -hmm. don't see everything else before it. So I think there's some of that with David for his family. Yeah. Oh, definitely. This is... I think my favorite scene of of the entire series is like you were saying that end of season four. This is my second favorite scene where when David yells back to Ruth, yeah, you know, I lost him too, mom. I get, I, I, I'm getting it right now. I get chills down my spine. Yeah, it's such like a, a like I don't want to say David finally flips out, but like kind of like like mom enough 
breathing down my neck mm-hmm. about everything I didn't do. How yeah. about what I did do? Yeah. To the point, at least I was there. Yeah. And David had to hold that in for a while before he got to say that. I was glad that it, someone said it though. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. because, and, and I wouldn't have cared to rub it in her face if she wasn't acting the way that she was questioning everyone. And, you know, because I'm sure she feels terrible that she wasn't there. Yeah. But, you know, the fact that she's questioning everyone, every little thing, you know, and did you do this? Why didn't you do that? At least I was there. You yeah. know, I'm just, yeah. I'm so glad that he did say that, you know? But I think it's to the point, like, David's never going to get credit. Like, what yeah. about the fact I was there? What yeah. about the fact I went to go pick him up? You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, what about the fact he did, he starts planning all the funeral? What about he's the one who's been, you know, while while Nate's having, you know, lost Lisa and, you know, dealing with, with uh, Brenda and a new baby on the way. Like David's there this entire time yeah. keeping that business afloat. Definitely. Um, it has to wear on you at some point. Yeah. Ruth Ruth comes in and sort of helps David. You know, we're backtracking just a little bit, but uh, Ruth is helping David... Um, Essentially, wash down. What are they? Nate's yeah, body. what are they doing exactly? It's a few times it does on this show. Like they're just cleaning a leg, and it's sometimes it's like, "What are you doing?" I'm Do you, talking about previous episodes. No, right. he's just washing the body down. Uh, um, Is that like a standard thing? In terms of, I mean, you always do wash a body down, uh-huh. regardless. Yeah. Uh, he's not doing it. He's just, you know, the same way you could just keep pouring water on yourself if you have soap on yourself. Yeah. They're just doing the motions. They're not really doing anything. Um, but I, I say that to say, you know, it's funny if you think about like the same way I was talking about funeral director and a funeral director family, eventually you're all going to die in that family or yeah. someone close to you and you're, you know, you have to be the one, um, you know, here's like Ruth, like taking part of the family business and David too, you know, it's just like, what do you do if you're, can you help me in terms of like, what's another business where, you know, the four of you run it, and if some one of you needs the service that you provide, like the entire family has to shut down. The, the point I'm getting to is like the best because funerals are a lot like weddings, and I have a lot in the, in the second half. Um, but you know, no, it makes sense. Like they're all the yeah. ones, you know. Um, and it's like I've done this with close friends, parents, and like my own grandfather. But it was it wasn't my family business, you know. Yeah. But just me being the, the funeral director in charge, whenever. Uh, um, <laughs> I have a note here and, and just like we were talking about like I guess you know for Rico or, or more like the Fisher family while Ruth is sitting here blaming David and, and again I guess I'm just reiterating something we were talking about they should be kissing David's ass oh my god David <laughs> is the MVP does. of that I family know, for sure you know? um, yeah he just does so much uh, they do such a good job here we have the scene on where David's cleaning and they have do such a good job of like one of the most jarring things of someone who dies in surgery is the shaved head when uh-huh. they went in for surgery. Uh, it's so jarring because it's just like, that's like more real than death. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. like they were, they were going to operate on him and they did. And it's, oh God, it's like the random shaved part of your head, you know? Let me check back here. Oh yeah, we, we, are, we are way over. Yeah, let's... um Break? What else should I... And now, some thoughts on religion. What is this, some kind of Quaker thing? You fuck someone's husband to death and then you bring him a quiche? 
back with part two of the podcast. So, being that we have two episodes left, this sounds like a dumb idea as it comes out of my mouth. And you know what? I'm not going to say it. I was going to ask if like anyone wanted to write in and if like, you know, any, any guests to have for episode 11. I have to do it really quick. We're doing episode 11 a lot quicker than usual because I need to devote almost like two weeks to... Um, uh, episode the uh, se- se- series finale. Dun, da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you would like that. I did. <laughs> so let's get back into the episode. Uh, Marissa right now is eating razzles. If you remember those candies, actually, let, let me let me um, backtrack a bit. One night I kept Marissa up until God knows what time. <laughs> Talking about random candy from when we were younger, and on Easter she surprised me with this whole big Easter basket, and one of them was Razzles, and she seems to not be enjoying it. No, it's pretty good now. Okay. <laughs> uh, Claire and Ted, I kind of compacted there a little bit of storyline quick. Um, we'll just try to move through some stuff because we have a lot more yeah. more important stuff to get through. Ted Sweet, I mean, because we kind of see he has this like really he has a lot going on. His like table is like whatever. His desk is super messy. Yeah, phones are ringing like crazy, and Claire's just like, "Hey, can you come pick me up?" And it's like, "Yeah, of course." Yeah. Okay. It was, it was, it was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was nice. It's nice that Claire seems to have a good guy. I liked that when they were driving around, he was like listening to one of those like now twenty. Well, DVD you know what's or interesting CDs. about that, and that I didn't pick up on till today, is he's listening to the Dixie Chicks. Is he? I thought it was Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson? She wasn't even around then. What song was it? It's Dixie Chicks. Okay, sorry, I forgot. No, I know, because you had me questioning. No, Breakaway. I don't think Kelly Clarkson was alive. It was Breakaway, and it was Kelly Clarkson, and it's an amazing song. Hold on. No, yeah, it's Dixie no, Chicks. This is, why, this is why we're going over on our time. Yeah. It was. It might have been Dixie Chicks afterwards, but... No, the first song is... Nah, 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 nah. That's Dixie Chicks for sure. Yeah, that, oh yeah, because that's what... Yeah. But then there's... You're acting like Dixie Chicks wasn't even in, in the episode. No, but then there's another one. Oh, I don't know. Who cares about the other one? Kelly Clarkson Breakaway is on there. It can't be... Kelly Clarkson wasn't even popular back then, was she? To be in a, in a Six Feet Under episode? Wow, talk about why... I'm a, I have the music up. Dixie Chicks, Bob Dylan... No. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Breakaway by Kelly Clarkson. That's what I'm saying. It's oh, the second yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. The reason why I bring up Dixie Chicks is because... <laughs> Marissa just fucking slapped me. <laughs> I don't know. It, this doesn't sound right as it comes out of my mouth, and maybe you could understand it better. Dixie Chicks was one of those first, was one of the bands, music acts that would openly criticize President Bush. Yeah. Um, if you remember their episode last, if their their conversation last episode, super political. Yeah. Yeah, I think like on uh, you know an intentional whatever, whatever whatnot. Um, I didn't get. I, I understand why Claire brings up that story of randomly asking Nate to interview her him, and she says no. I think it's just that's part of when you're grieving, you do so. You just think of the most random stuff, right? Yeah, I I, I just thought that was just Claire kind of really nice to have someone to lean on, definitely in, in this. Yeah, and what's going on? Uh, Keith parading the kids around to get stuff done for the funeral. Drops by Roger's house. Uh, I didn't even pick up on it the first time that as Keith drag is dragging this model away, he goes, uh, hey, have we met somewhere? Yeah. You caught that? 
Uh, I didn't catch it. I didn't catch it when he was dragging him out of the house, no. Uh, so Roger brings the kids back, and they have all hem suits and iPods. Got me to thinking, what's today's iPod? Probably phones, right? Well, like Roger wouldn't buy them phones. Like, what's something you could buy that it's like three hundred dollars? That tablet. I guess so. A tablet, right? Yeah. Apple Watch. Ding ding ding. <laughs> what? Um, it's funny how this all works out, right? Like Roger's been taping him the entire time. I don't know what the proof. Well, it hasn't been taping him. Taped him that one time. Yeah. I don't get what the point of this is. This is another thing like the the Jake the Jake coming yeah. back up. Yeah, no, this was yeah. Margaret brings over a dress for Brenda. And I was be- so happy. Sorry, I was so happy that Margaret was like kind of being a good mom for a second, and then it was like, oh my oh, god, nope, <laughs> never mind. Like I literally was like, wow, like she's being so good to Brenda, so good to Maya. This is really nice to see. This is really what Brenda needs. And then I was like, oh, that changed fast. I mean, how funny is it? Like, you know, I, I said it last week, like, what, like, what does one narcissist say to the other? Yeah. And then here it's like, oh, my God. What does the mama narcissist say to the daughter? Literally. <laughs> you know, um, let's just God, just how selfish and self-indulgent she is. Terrible. We both obviously don't have kids. Um, the idea of Brenda's just like Nate's dead. I do, do, are you against Brenda here for saying that? I guess my point, like the point of I'm trying to get to is, I feel like you have to be. I feel like there's sometimes too much babying with kids. Yeah, I cringe sometimes when strangers in public see kids and like, oh, nice kid, and they start doing like baby talk. Yeah, and I think like baby talk is completely fabricated by adults. Yeah, definitely. I'm not saying I'm going to be like a stone. Like you know, babies are babies. Children are fun, and and you know, there's nothing better than like hearing a child laugh. But all of like the the baby talk, yeah. And again, I'm going into one extreme all the way to the other. But not that kids can understand your exact words, but just something a little bit more concrete than daddy's going to be away for a little while. Yeah, I don't know if you feel like that. Um, I definitely don't agree to. I don't want to say lie to Maya, but I I definitely agree that she should that she needs to know what happened and she needs to know the truth. Um, I don't agree how it was like done and how it was presented to Maya. Yeah. Because she like yelled at her. No, of course. She was like, Nate's dead. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then just says like, that's what the books say to do. Like enough with the books, you know. But um, no, I definitely I think that she needs to be told the truth. Um, I just think it should be done in a different way. Get a get a book about a parent passing and, read. you know, like do it a different way. I think. And again, you know. If you want to think about how ignorant we sound, or maybe I sound, just because I don't have kids, but I also kind of feel like kids can sense your emotions, your feelings. So if Brenda's sad, and you know, you add to the fact Daddy's not here, Nate's not here, like yeah, it's gonna it's gonna click with her. She may not be able to verbalize it or anything, but just imagine kids have that intuition just because you know they're not fully formed. Definitely, Nate's funeral. Uh, Ruth is talking with Father Jack, and it's the perfect introduction for Sarah. Yeah, you know, because just like. God is an asshole, and yep, God yeah. is an asshole. Like, what a perfect echo for for Ruth, you know. Uh, I have to imagine filming this scene was—I I, I don't know if the word is hard, but like special, because you know they, they figure they have like A teams and B teams, and the A team is probably with David and doing that stuff, and Ruth and Claire. Uh, I'm sorry, David and Ruth, and like B teams are doing like the Claire and Ted scene. Yeah. Um. But you know, you imagine like. When, when they get the scripts for the episode, it's kind of like 
oh my god, the entire cast right. minus Billy is in this room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know? um, they only have like, I mean, there's more cast members than there are fillers. Yeah. Be uh, uh, what do you call those? The actors who just show up. Um, stand-ins. Yeah, stand-ins. something like that. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, Claire and David is kind of funny because David's like. You, why couldn't you get dressed? Everyone else here did. Like, yeah. Well, you know what? Then everyone else wins. <laughs> yeah, I liked that though. Um, kind of going back to that pilot, right? Where everyone's kind of like all put together and Claire's like come... I mean, she's not high here, but yeah, she is... thankfully. You know, she's like kind of like the rebel that's going on, whatnot. Rico's speech at the service. Do you have anything on this? Because I have something... I took it one way, and then I was reading online today, just some re- some like online reviews from back that de- back in the day, and it kind of warped my mind back a little bit. I didn't really take it any any particular way. Um, it didn't really like speak to me all that much. Like I was like, um, not that I was expecting so much from Rico. Um, it, it just it didn't you know it was a good speech. It didn't it didn't speak to me though. That the good part of his speech, you know, Nate always had a natural way to help people with grieving whatnot i get that i can yeah. see that like nate just like super energy nature guy and everything i feel like he he probably was a good shoulder to cry on yeah but where rico called him an inspiration yeah it's kind of like yo you know the unspoken thing that kind of went on this entire series rico being like i'm the one who fucking works right and you're sitting here like we should do green burials and we sh-, you know yeah and half the time nate was away from nate's start where episode one where he starts you know he gets handed 50 percent of the business and then to, to where he is like you know he couldn't embalm a few episodes ago and i guess he does meet with families but his you know it, just when he said inspiration but it got me thinking like that's what kind of funerals do like it sounds so bad saying this but funerals all you do is talk about the good of a person yeah you'll never talk about yeah the, the whatever um I don't know. It's just kind of funny, like Rico being the one that says that, you know. But this is where we see Margaret. Oh, my gosh. But in an episode where there is not much comedy, in a hard episode. Yeah. Like a really dark, not dark, like a, a raw emotion of an episode. Margaret crying, well, it has to be the funniest thing. Yeah, her uncontrollable crying, fi- uh, fidgeting through her purse, like everything about that. Now, does that happen normally? Like, I would assume there's always that, like, one or two people that do this. You know, some funerals are... People always say, oh, my God, your job must be so tough dealing with grief and everything. And as you, as someone, you who I conversate with every day, I don't know, you tell me how often do I bring home the... the Never. Right. Uh, I say that to say, like, a lot of the times funerals are somewhat happy. They're like, they are celebrating. Yeah. And, you know, I hear stories day in, day out. I don't know these people. Yeah. (laughs) Um, how often is there one person? Yeah, crying? not really. No, it's either everyone's crying, sniffling. Yeah, no one's like wailing. You know, uh, um, funerals are a tad bit over over dramatized. Um, but yeah, it, it does it happen? Yes, does it happen every day? Yeah, no. you know, it, it's usually a lot more more celebrating. Uh, and, and I'm gonna get back right to this in a second. David's speech. Um. I guess what did you have on David's speech before I, I say what I wanted to say about it? Um, I 
liked it like I liked that David referred to him as like his big brother and things like that like it kind of like regressed to childhood um with him talking about when he would get bullied and how Nate would stick up to him and Nate really had his back I just thought that that was like sweet and that was cute and it was kind of a different side of their relationship that wasn't as apparent now it was you know I mean they they were close for sure but it like you could really tell that David looked up to him a lot um I wish he was able to finish it you know, I wish we were able to hear the whole thing because I think that that would have been like the speech that, you know. But on that same idea, like David looked up to him. Like, I don't think David ever really looked up to him because like David's the one who had to stay with the family business. Yeah. David's the one who kept it afloat. Uh, just watching some of the pilot and the second episode, like David's pissed at Nate because he got, he, D- Nate got to go away and live his life. David so wanted maybe- to be a lawyer and all this other stuff. And David has like not deep hate or deep regret but there's something there that his entire family like got to do their life, whereas he didn't. But maybe in that sense, he's a little jealous of Nate. And then like you could also think of like jealousy as like... Oh, yeah, sure, know? sure. It's just I feel like if, if the real David Fisher would have just been... I, I just don't... There would have been a lot of... For, further to that point, it, it's intentional of how cookie cutter david is talking and speaking Mm -hmm. he's like david was nate was my big brother i always looked up to him part of that uh, saying is that this funerals are so much like weddings yeah you know you're celebrating it's a it's a you know it's an event it's a social event no matter what you want to call it funerals you know um so i tend to see a lot i hear a lot of eulogies services speaking and it's so funny the same way, this might sound me. I'll, I'll let you be the judge here, and I'm definitely not trying to be. The same way everyone thinks their own wedding is super unique, yeah, and super like, oh my god, this is we're gonna walk into this song, yeah. Funerals are kind of the same way, right? Where everyone has their their maybe that's just a way of life where everyone has their speech like David. I hear the same common tropes. That's so funny. You know? Yeah. It's kind of like, I know you're up there looking down on me or, or and it was always my big brother or, or do I have anything here in my notes? Um, I, I guess like weddings, you know, you try to make them as unique as possible and in the end, they end up becoming like the 40 weddings you yeah. attended before. Yeah. Funerals are, there are definitely some funerals that stick out in my mind that are different from the other but for the most part and People aren't there trying to be unique. <laughs> You're there yeah. to honor this, you know? So that's like a little unfair of what I'm saying. I guess speaking from a funeral director stand up standpoint, I see like the same the same common I could like piece together eulogies. Yeah. That's like the mega supercut. Yeah. You know, e- eulogy, whatnot. Uh George's speech. Okay. I thought it was nice <laughs> that George was there. Right. I don't know if George should have given a speech. <laughs> yes. Well, and, and to your point, I had the only thing I had written down for this was, man, do the siblings love stating that they are stepfather and stepsisters? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's Maggie. awesome. I'm a stepsister. I'm right? A stepsister. I know. I'm a and here, the first thing, I'm a stepfather. Like, you don't have to say that. I <laughs> like, know. You know. It's like a weird. I feel like when you say that, you're you're instantly putting out there, I am distant. Yeah. <laughs> I am not his true father. Whatever. Right now. Um, but something that Colton had 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 texted me that reminded me about refreshed me about this was George was introduced from a funeral, and that's how we met Ruth. Oh. 
and now like he's kind of like reintroduced back yeah. into to uh, Ruth's life with a funeral. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's I, interesting. I do think he had like nice words. Just he, it, it it super awkward. <laughs> yeah, like definitely had nice words. And again, when I saw him, I was like, oh wow, like that. I was I was happy to see him. I thought it was nice that he was there to show respect to the family. Yeah. But then when he got up there, I was like, ooh, we're yeah. doing this, yeah. you know? <laughs> okay. The sit down between Nate and Ruth after mm-hmm. after the funeral. Um, I have, I had something where I was going with this scene. Our friend Laura on Instagram had written on something completely different that I didn't even put together. Let's start with you between Nate and I'm sorry, David and Ruth. David on and the Ruth. Couch. When they say like, "Oh, we're a lot alike each other." Okay, I didn't really have much on it. Oh, okay. So I guess what I had is that we've always we've always seen how much David and Ruth are alike. Yeah. And you know we're always we're always sitting here saying they're siblings, they're family. But it's never really shown. Like, we just say it. I don't think it's ever really, you know, it's never like this is... Do you understand what I'm saying there or no? Like, Kind of. It, they, we, we know they're siblings. It's never shown. And what I'm saying is here, Ruth is a mother to David here. Yeah. And, 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 and again, when we get to the cemetery, like that's what a mother... Yeah. You know what I mean? That's not like, like yes, your husband, your wife will do that, but that's the mother mothering here. Yeah. You know? Um. And again, just another thing confirming what we said almost every episode, how much they are alike. Uh, so our friend L- L- Laura wrote in and completely took it a direction which I, it was there sitting in my head, but I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't put together. There's a rather serious episode toward the end of season one where David comes out. Okay. Do you remember Matthew Shepard? No. The, 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 the gay teenager who got like beat to death. He had no. like blonde hair, like late 1990s. No. Well, the the episode sort of uh, replicated that. A young gay kid gets beat up, uh, well, beat to death. And that's kind of the episode where David comes out. Um, but there's Ruth and David have uh, like a conversation on the couch. Just like, you know, why didn't you come at like... And David's like, this is not about you, your feelings. Like, this is about me. Uh, I'm going to read her read her her what she said how she compared it um right in the scene david is laying on the couch with the washcloth over his head and ruth comes in to talk with him this is exactly the same scene where david comes out to ruth in season one but reverse in that scene she is laying on the couch with a washcloth over her head it's almost like they switch vulnerabilities in this scene ruth is able to provide comfort and support to a grieving david who is losing it obviously we see with the red hoodie and whatnot um she's able to show this strength despite her also grieving in the coming out scene in season one david is the one easing ruth through a difficult conversation though they are both vulnerable he's coming out she's blaming herself for some things um you know i think it's no coincidence how similar but reverse those scenes are that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I meant to watch that before we recorded, but it is really funny. Like, Dave, in that scene, in season one, David is the one, like, telling Ruth, like, I'm gay. It's not, it's not, it's not my job to make you feel comfortable with it. Like, yeah. you be comfortable with me as your son, you know? And th- there's a line Ruth says, like, you know, I don't get to love... Oh, God, who says... Yeah, it's Ruth. You know... You're not like a chicken. I don't just get to love random pieces of you. Like I love all of you. Yeah. You know, despite gay or straight and everything. And obviously, David being gay is a much bigger plot thread in season one, and you know, so forth. Um, 
it, 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 I, I like the scene for the way Ruth is being a mother and finally like picking up the slack. Because mm-hmm. David, the one up until this point, yeah. you know, has been going 100 miles an hour Definitely. now, finally. Um, Rico... Oh, I, let me add one more thing there. I think that scene is purposely juxtaposed to when Nathaniel is sitting there talking to David like mm-hmm. you know you're no one's favorite yeah and then there there's like the living parent telling David uh, I think those kind of on purpose put there uh, when they're getting ready to leave uh, I'm just going to keep asking you because if you have anything because I'm just going to stomp over because there's like funeral director stuff I want yeah. to get into there you have nothing there when Rico's sort of handing out directions or everything not really first of all this would be a procession and it's funny Ruth, Rico's hanging out to handing out directions and then they all show up to the cemetery in a four-car procession. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what was the point of that? Yeah. And I feel, I wonder if you picked this up as well. Why is Brenda in a car by herself? She's the widow. But and Re- she's pregnant. But Rico says that. He was like, I really don't think you should drive by yourself. And, and she's- she shouldn't. Like, while, while, even if Brenda's like, no, no, I'm okay. No, you're not. Like, how big is Keith's truck? Yeah. <laughs> but I guess, like, who? Keith. No, Brenda, you're not driving alone. I on mean, top yes. Of, on top yeah. of grieving, being sad, you're also pregnant. Like, yeah. I don't, you know, how often, and during a funeral, and again, it's a TV show, Hollywood, so, you know, this isn't... I kind of feel... Without, put it this way, without that scene, you don't have the kind of beautiful scene of Nate and Brenda at the cemetery. Right, right. So we're getting, we're, 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 yeah. we're swallowing it, but it's kind of like, God damn, no one. No, I, I get what you're saying. But, and, and again, this is just a TV show, but I also feel like no one in the family shows that much, um, like emotion towards Brenda. Sure. You know what I mean? That it's like, like, in in yeah, I could see totally in in a realistic setting, Keith to be like, no, you're what are you talking about? You're not doing that. You're coming with me. But it's like they don't even seem that. I'm with you. I think this is what happens though when you are a close knit family. Yeah. Like while Brenda lost her husband, like they lost a business yeah. partner, a husband, a, a brother, and you know what I mean. Yeah. Um. So I think it's kind of like we're all in this together. Like you're not more sad than. W- that sounds stupid saying like not one person is more sad than the other, but we're all here. We're all grieving. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I definitely, I know what you're talking about because no one's like, people should be catering to Brenda. Yeah. Um, and it's just, but then again, Brenda, super strong woman. Right. So right. Like, and, the, and, and maybe that was, the scene was yeah. on purpose, you know, yeah, to I'd show imagine that. Like Brenda doesn't need any baby. Yeah. You know, she'll, she'll drive herself. Yeah. <laughs> despite everything, you know, um, the burial, it's, I have like three, three words of just kind of, I guess, what was your thoughts on just, well, we'll get to what happens, but I mean, the idea of the, the, the burial of them carrying the body and all that. Um, it was definitely, um, so we spoke, when I watched um, the first, the pilot episode, I was saying that I, um, I really liked Nathaniel's funeral and that they just you know got their hands in the in the ground in the soil throwing the soil on it you know and um you made a comment that funerals now are like desensitized i believe you said it's funny you say that because I, I while i think i remember you saying nathaniel's funerals like that i remember it being just as desensitized as it is today 
I think I think what happens is I think Nate starts picking up stuff and then they all start doing it. Yeah, that's what happened. Okay, yeah, at but that was yeah. Nate. That was Nate freaking out, saying like, "This is so sanitary." Yeah, yeah. But other fu- funeral, you know, there's it's it's almost pretty the way the flowers are. Right, and the, and right. The, the crowd is perfectly and right. Whatever. But go on. But I guess like caskets are are pretty and are not you know like they're yeah. not like a casket is not like an ugly thing yeah. to look at so i guess it was it was definitely a shock value seeing like his body like that yeah um and you know i mean that's how Nate wanted it so that's i'm, I'm glad they respectfully you know agreed on upon that but i definitely can see why the majority of people probably prefer a casket like that's a, there's yeah. a lot of shock value there you know just even like how they have to hold the body like you know I had I had and it's just kind of like the way I described the episode to myself too is like the episode is gruesome, raw and gritty. Yeah. Like there's just a lot of raw emotion and just the way like we have we haven't we've been debating, discussing like who's unlucky or not, what happened in the scene. It's very blunt, it's very yeah. there and everything that happens. Uh funeral director nitpick again, Nate's body would have been like on a stretcher or a gurney to carry. You wouldn't have to like. You're lucky. Nate's 170 pounds. Yeah, what and that you got Keith. What? Are, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Like, Did you see Rico literally falls? <laughs> I think I was like, oh, well, Rico. <laughs> I I had that as like, why do they do that? Because again, there, there's there's always the way, kind of like the way we went back to why does Maggie show her breast for three seconds? Yeah. What was the point of that? And that's a intentional yes decision. You know, as was this, I believe. Yeah. Where Rico trips and all that stumbling. And I kind of like I sat down for a little bit just trying to think like, well, why? Why is like that? Why are they all struggling? Why wouldn't it just be because if the body was just there, we would have never questioned how did they get the body there Mm -hmm. and everything? Because, you know, it's funny. I bet you this didn't come across your mind. How did that body get into the hearse? No, it didn't. Right. Yeah. They just did it. Yeah. Um, And in my head, I would have been like, oh, they put the bot. They put Nate on a stretcher and put it in there. Whatnot. Um. I had the reason why they're struggling and everything just to kind of like show like how you go back to that first pilot episode and you remember like the women are coming and Nate's just showing like Nate Nate is telling us about how how raw those women are like really grieving and yeah. really and that's why he picks up the dirt and he's like yeah. this is so unsanitary we just lost our father this fucking sucks I think this whole burial scene is like how raw and emotional death is yeah like this is how much more you gotta if you remember too what he did with Lisa. Yeah. Brought her over on the pouch, yeah. opened the pouch, dumped her in and everything. If you just want to think about how you know, you you've been at a funeral recently. Yes. In the past five months now, yeah. probably. Um it's very you didn't get your hands dirty. No. And neither did the funeral director, and for the most part, neither did the cemetery workers. Think about how grunt work this is mm-hmm. carrying his body then they'll start picking up shovels you are putting someone to rest yeah you're not letting you're not watching a cemetery worker do it you are you are doing it who buried nate i did yeah <laughs> literally you know uh so i think it's just showing like the 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 realness of that and, and like you know just how hard it all is um i think when you see like nate they want to start they want to start the, the burial and we see that david can't come out I think again here, this is Ruth like being a mother. Yeah, I it's really like fu- this scene. Yeah. It was just yeah. I just I finally love that like we get it off. We got we've gotten it a few times over the course of the seasons, and it, it's been a lot of siblings, 
like Nate and Claire or, you know, uh, I just like that. Like Ruth is a mother here. Yeah. Like finally someone there to support, to support David. The poem Sarah reads, I, I don't know why, but I thought the first time around Brenda rolls her eyes and I was kind of, I think I watched it again and she doesn't. But when she gets back to the car with Nate, she's like, what the hell was all that bullshit? Yeah. And I'm so here with Brenda. Yeah. This is, this is Nate Quaker face. Yeah, definitely. This is, this is all magical lilies and unicorns. And, and Maggie like bursts out crying in the middle of the poem, which like totally just like, I think, I think if, if I don't think Brenda rolled her eyes, but I do believe there was like a look when Maggie started crying. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that just totally signifies, you know, signifies that, yeah, this was like a Quaker, you know, poem thing. The, um, the first line of the poem though, our death it's is our wedding. Poem. With, yeah. I, I really, really liked that. Uh huh. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I wasn't. Our death was, is our wedding with eternity. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, it's just so fairies and Lily and everything. Yeah. And it, while it is beautiful. And man, I, I, I had looked up today that who the author is of this poem. Um, but in this, I this is where I was like, why why is Maggie here? Oh how my gosh, why have, is she here? How do you not have the sense to be like, Maybe let me go make more quiches. Also, how do you have the balls <laughs> yeah. to be there? Not even the sense. How do you have the balls to stand there? Oh my god! You go home and you make some more quiches and you eat them yourself. Goodness. Don't you know? Oh my god! Yeah. No, that was. Is just she sucking her lip right now? Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, she's still sucking her lip. She just needs to go home. <laughs> Boy, that's yeah. so funny. Um, and then here we get this little flashback with Claire and Nate. Um, I, I, when I think of the last few episodes of Six Feet Under, I think about this song and this this scene. Um, you know, I, I, they, I think I did say this before, and you try to find out what the meaning of this song is. Uh, some point somewhere along, they said it was like a suicide song, mm-hmm. Kurt Cobain's, mm-hmm. but. There's no like. There's nothing to back that up. Just the 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 lyrics, whatnot. Um, I just love this little like. Uh, you have an older brother. Do you have yeah. any moments like this where like your older brother is like, you know, <laughs> at that time Nate thought Kurt Cobain was like the world. Yeah, and his his soul was too pure for this earth. So right. Kill yeah, but Nate at that time believed it. Um, Do you have any moments like that? So Okay, so the only moments that I can have, and it's not like that at all, but so the only moments I can have is like at the end, like he says like, do you want some about weed? Now, my brother and I have never smoked together. I, I don't even know if he smoked. He doesn't know if I've smoked. Like, we don't do that. But we would always pick on my sister. Yeah. So it would always just be like, hey, why don't you do this to Sarah? And I'd be like, all right. But like all the time, you know? Right, right. So, um, so that those are like the only memories that I have with my brother, like him always. And I'm seven years younger than him. So I didn't know what I was doing 99% yeah. of the time, but he would always be like, Hey, go do this to Sarah, go bring this to Sarah, go say this to her. And then I'd be like, all right, cool. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I want to do whatever my big brother's doing. And then, um, yeah, I was always picking on her. <laughs> uh, I, I love this scene just cause like, it's it just, it's cool that that's what Claire goes to. Yeah. And, Claire probably would have never thought of that about her again in her life unless one day they were having random conversation about Kurt Cobain. But yeah. Just that's just I like that. Just that is just where her mind went to. Mm-hmm. Um, 
everyone at the end everyone starts throwing dirt on the grave so really fast yeah. when they're lowering the body mm-hmm. and they kind of like struggle a little bit yeah. and then claire goes up i like loved that scene because that was totally kind of like where david would have stepped in like it was like okay it was like rico keith you know um and david literally like couldn't yeah and i yeah. feel like it was claire really like stepping up and again like evolving all of that but when she like was lowering the body with them like i don't know i just i really liked that scene a lot yeah um i had this for the longest time, this was my how I wanted to to, to die to go mm-hmm. out. Where I wanted this green burial, natural place, and everything. And I have no idea what changed my mind recently, like as in the past year or so. But now I'm just like cremation, go do whatever with me. But for the longest time, you know, I said to myself for five seasons, I, almost a year and a half now of doing the podcast, I was going to research green burial talk about this episode and look at me i didn't do dick. <laughs> <laughs> you know i research all apologies nirvana so and Kurt funny. Cobain. uh i think this is expensive this green burial stuff you think so i'm pretty sure it is because you know your thing is like why the shroud and everything i think that land yeah you have to portion off land where you can just place human bodies yeah <laughs> i think that 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 is a that is a rather cemetery plot alone is expensive right i think green areas to to naturally i think I, i'm pretty sure it's expensive I'll, yeah. I'll i'll find out about it in the next time i do a six feet under podcast um this this scene with nate and and brenda where it's kind of like the first time we see nate pop up like nathaniel you yeah. know uh a little spoiler it's really funny to see like nate he just keeps popping up yeah like he's dead but he's almost like in it more. <laughs> yeah. So this whole episode, I'm dying to hear from Brenda. All I want to do is hear from Brenda, like see some emotion, hear something. I'm like waiting at the funeral to see, you know, what is she going to say anything? I'm waiting at the graveside to see what, you know, what is she going to say? So then when he pops up in the car, I'm like, okay, this is the moment. And I don't know why in my head I'm expecting some like sad romantic i miss you i love you and it's like no they're fighting and they hate each other you know like I don't, but i don't know why in my head i was like really yeah. hoping for that i was yeah. like when is it gonna happen when are like i like wanted to cry like i wanted the tears to come when yeah. are we gonna you know yeah. and it was like i should have known better like shame on me for even thinking that you know what i mean yeah uh, uh, did you have anything on what they were saying? Because I think this was a scene I meant to go back and watch, and I didn't, and I totally forgot to. Um, I thought it was really funny that when Nate said, "Did you like the poem that I picked out?" and <laughs> yeah, and you know, that's and the she, part I think I paused it because I was like, I want to come back. To yeah, this. and she was like, what um, what, yeah, this? like yeah. what was that Quaker bullshit? And he was like, Well, you just didn't understand it. And she says, I'm 20 <laughs> times smarter than you. I definitely understood it. I loved that line. I thought that was awesome. And then, um, and and I could be I could be wrong on this. I was I was writing down um, while I was listening, but it sounded kind of like he was really blaming Brenda for a lot of it. And I, I think at one point he even said like you destroyed this, and you would only be with like the only person that would want to be with you would be like crazy. Like he was really like blaming Brenda for a lot of this. And again, this was probably like Brenda's interpretation. Well, I was going to say that's Brenda. If if you remember how this season started, Brenda's mm-hmm. like. I'm not allowed to be happy. Yeah, like yeah. I have this. The reason why I have a miscarriage is because like I, I'm a bad person and everything. And like yeah, like that's that's Brenda. Yeah, being like, of course I deserve this. Yeah. Why wouldn't my husband? Yeah. Why wouldn't my husband cheat on me and die? Right. You know. Um, but yeah, she's definitely 
blaming her. Um, man, it's really fun and fucking weird where Brenda and Nate go. I'm like really excited for it, but it's also like, whoa. What do you mean? Like, we're not trained enough to talk about what happens. Yeah, it gets really weird. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anthony and Darrell bring bring food to uh, David. Food and smooth jazz. Smooth jazz. So cute. You know what? I love them. The first time, uh, the first time I was watching this episode, I was like, "Man, this has to be one of the sweetest joys of having children." So cute. Like when they get to an age where, you know, what always makes me think of this and fucking talk about a detour. We, I made, I made you watch Child's Play recently. Yeah, we went, we saw it in a theater. Uh, do you remember the opening scene? It's his mom's birthday, and he has like a tremendous bowl of cereal yeah. with milk pouring over it, like a literally half a stick of butter just yeah. placed on a toast, <laughs> and and everything's just whatever. And he's like, "Happy birthday, mom!" I, I feel like I definitely did that as a kid. Yeah. Um, I feel like it has to be one of the greatest joys of having children. Definitely. Just that, like. Oh, look how sweet this is. You put orange juice in my cereal. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, how messed up the, the, the just how sweet the idea yeah. is. But they just want to take care of you, you know? Yeah. And I'm assuming, because you could hear Keith in the background yelling at Roger, that this was all on their own. Oh, yeah. Like, that's... they literally were like, let's, let's go, you know. Yeah. Um, just really sweet, you know? I, yeah, I love that scene. Uh, after the funeral, Brenda comes and drops off Maya. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know why I'm saying no spoiler because no like the, we, we are in the final two episodes do this, I need earmuffs uh, you can do earmuffs if you want <laughs> this just comes back to really be used against Brenda hmm. um, but like Brenda's doing the smart mom here yeah smart I, move. I kind of um, like I think it I probably her. yeah I definitely do as well like I think that she's realizing that Maya's not better off with her right now and I think that that's probably a huge realization as well as like kind of like a hard realization for her, you know, especially being this strong woman that we've talked about the entire episode, you know, realizing, oh my God, this, my daughter essentially um, isn't, isn't best fit with me right now. I need to, you know, take care of myself before I can take care of her. I think that was a, it was a really a good move on her part. Quite frankly, the same way we're talking about driving to the cemetery, someone should have maybe taken Maya. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> someone should have been like, why don't you have the house alone to yourself? Right. Why don't you just zone out for, yeah. you know, I, I can't like, you know, and again, Hollywood TV show. Uh, and then we see Billy and of course it has to be like a horror scene where he's <laughs> hiding in the right. house. Um, Lights off. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> what was he doing? I have no clue. Okay. <laughs> let, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me surprise my sister by being there for her and almost make her go into the shit out of her. Yeah. yeah. Um, like you were saying. Like, finally, I want to see some emotion out of Brenda. Uh, we see it, right? Yeah. Like, just someone to cry on, you know? Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, it's Billy, you know? <laughs> I thought he was going to make out with her for a second. Oh, how I got a little grossed out. How close you are to, to what ends What? I, I, I didn't say anything. Oh, my God. Now I have to, like, watch <laughs> the next one right now. No, I definitely thought he was going to make out with her or something. That was kind of like a weird embrace. And while... I finally got my reaction from Brenda. Yeah. I I do wish that there were that she vocalized it, but it was still good. Like yeah. I w- I was still like okay, I got my moment. That was good. I still wish that she you know we could have heard you know whatever. But 
And then one of my favorite episode closing out, uh, Nirvana, all apologies is playing and we just see Claire all alone and, yeah. and Ruth with Maya and that sort of ends our episode. Um, what, any, any, any closing thoughts before? I'm really eager to now finish it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we, we have two episodes left. Um, yeah, like this is. I forget a lot of what happens in this next episode. I know one. I know Claire's storyline. I forget everything else. Um, we have one more death, and then I have something. I think I said last episode. I have like all the stats of how many people oh, have yeah, died yeah, yeah. and percentages. Uh, I guess I'll be posting that uh, uh, next week. I'm just looking over my notes just to see if I missed anything. Uh, okay, I guess not. And I guess with that being said. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Digging Podcast. We're on Twitter at Digging Podcast. Go ahead if, if you feel so inclined. We're recording really early. By the time you hear this episode, we'll be recording two days from now. But if you want to start sending in your notes and thoughts on the finale, just how you... It's really funny. While doing some of my, my homework and research on the finale... And we have to watch the finale together because we haven't we haven't been wa- we haven't watched an episode together in a while. I know, six I hate feet it. under. Um, the finale just evokes so much emotion out of you, and whenever you read it, it's like one of the first things. It's like God, it's a fucking punch in the gut. Like the, that's this finale. I want people to start sending in like what it means to them. Yeah. Um, Will I read every single one on the air? I don't know, because I imagine we all feel the same way. And how many times do you want to hear, I cried so hard during the fit? Like, I'm just not going to read that from everyone, but just a, a general crowd reaction to it. I guess that's it. We will talk to you next week, everyone. Bye. listening to the digging six feet under podcast listen to this and all episodes at diggingpodcast.com join us on the next episode as we review each episode of hbo's original television series six feet under please search and subscribe to us on itunes under digging six feet under Love